we're back for season two of the More Than a Mother podcast. I am so glad that you are joining me again this season. As promised, coming up this season, we're going to have some great mom bosses that are just going to drop some gems and share their knowledge with us. After spending over 20 years working in the retail industry and educating public school children, Martika wanted to help women feel as valuable outside as they felt inside. By virtue of sheer will and the help of a savvy and God-fearing business coach, she is now serving a community of women who have been left unseen for far too long. Taking to social media to promote body positivity, showing women that they could look good at any size and on any budget, utilizing her styling expertise and her makeup skills honed throughout the years, she teaches to embrace and represent inner beauty through practical and attainable skills. Understanding that not everyone is a beauty expert, she utilizes her content to develop the knowledge and confidence of even the most novice makeup admirers, helping them build looks that they love. Today, I'm talking with Martika about how she overcame her obstacles so that she could build her legacy for her children and family. Let's take a listen. And my thing was also like, I didn't want to be a statistic. That was like a big thing for me when I was 16. It was you know, my driving force back then was I'm 16 years old, you know, I have a baby. So everyone expects, okay, she's going to be a welfare mom. She's going to take care of the system, you know, and they said she's going to take like advantage of the system. And while I did utilize the system, I also used the system to get further in life. You know, I got a degree, you know, while I was on the system, right. you know, I was able to give back to society. Um, so, and I worked at the same time, you know, like I was doing all three and I was being a mom, you know, was I the best mom? I'm not sure, but I was doing what I could. Hey mamas, welcome to the More Than A Mother podcast, where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mother at the same time. I am your host, Lawan Moses, and I am helping you find the freedom to live. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, and welcome to the More Than a Mother show. This is your host, Lawan Moses, and today I have a special guest for you. She is here to share her story with us and just let us know all the great things that she has going on. So today I'm going to introduce you to someone that I met a few months ago in this great group membership that we are involved in, and her name is Martika. Hi, Martika. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? (laughs) Welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you got to join me today. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yay, so before we get started, I just wanna give you a moment to go ahead and introduce yourself to the More Than a Mother audience. All right. Well, my name is Martika, as you mentioned. I am a plus-size beauty enthusiast. Uh, and what that basically means is I'll ha- I have an Instagram or social media following, which talks to or lends to people of the plus-size variety. And um, that talks about uh, the beauty industry as well. So I promote body positivity and um, I promote... Uh, self-awareness and just overall loving yourself and if that means that you have to beat your face to the nines then that's what you do 
So yeah. I am all about beating the face. <laughs> Something about yes. beating the face. Yes. I love that. <laughs> so before we get into all you do with the mm. beauty industry and being a plus size beauty enthusiast, I want to talk about your story. Because okay. as you know, just from how we've talked, I am a firm believer in storytelling. I believe mm -hmm. that we all empower others as we tell our stories. And right. it's so easy to be deceived in these days of Instagram and social media to where everyone just puts yes. out their best pictures and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. I like to get to the person that's behind the pictures, behind the stories, and just share our authentic realize whatever we're comfortable sharing with others in hopes to empower them that I may be at this point right now in my life, but it wasn't always like that. Right. So mm. if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience, what is that defining moment in your life or that aha moment that led you on the path that you're on today? Wow. Okay. So um, recently, this is actually um, kind of funny because Recently, I worked for city schools, um, and I was a substitute teacher, and I, I believed that I was going to probably be a teacher for the rest of my life, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was on the path to um, getting certified, uh, but for the moment, I was, like, just doing substituting, and I decided to have my second baby, which we'll go through that, I'm sure, at some point. Um, so it was very like flexible, the idea that I can do substitute teaching and like take care of my child. And, um, come September, there's like a policy, right. Um, in the school that if you substitute for 40, more than 40 days, you have to have certain, have to have certain credentials in order to continue to teach. Um, but I had just worked 42 days. So long story short, um, I didn't have the credentials to continue to teach. So September, I'm thinking, hey, I have a job. I have a principal that's like, yeah, we'd love for you to teach our pre-K class. And, it, you know, it'd be a perfect opportunity for you to continue your education. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, the subcentral, which is the system that they have here in New York City, said, no, you don't have the credentials to teach anymore because you need to have X amount of credits, uh, teaching credits. Yeah. So I was like kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, and I was praying and hoping that um, the principals would be able to advocate for me. So we had a whole bunch of back and forth with administration, but, you know, with all other systems that they're very rigid in what, you know, they do. So it turns out that... Um, I wasn't able to get the credentials because they're very expensive and um, that I wasn't able to continue teaching, but that really gave me the opportunity to just decide like that. The aha moment for me, I guess was, all right, well, if you're not going to be working for someone else, then that means that you need to be working for yourself, right? You've been doing this thing for quite some time uh, in terms of the beauty enthusiast, but you've never really taken it seriously. And you are basically just doing a hobby and you don't have the time or the resources right now to make this into just a hobby, okay. right? You need to take it seriously. So, um, yeah. So then that's kind of when I was like, all right, this is it. I'm just going to go all in. And then now I think of myself as Martika, the beauty enthusiast. <laughs> that's great. 
So how did you feel during that time? Because I mean, now you get to a point where you have mm-hmm. kind of figured it out. But when it was right in that moment of, okay, what am I going to do? What is happening? How did you right. feel at that moment or what was going through your mind? Well, I was, I, first I was pissed because you, <laughs> right. yeah. you, you, you give your time and your energy to other people right? And when the time comes for them to kind of like show up for you, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't there. Then it's all of a sudden, all the protocols and all the systems kind of fell into place and there was no humanity in, in it. So you kind of give your, all of your time to, um, you know, these individuals and these corporations. Um, and then when it comes for them to kind of show up for you, it wasn't available. Um, and so while they did, I will say they did try, I don't, I just felt like there was like a human, human aspect that was missing from that. And that someone should have taken into consideration, like, Hey, we get it. You know, we don't pay you guys enough money to spend $1,500 to get, you know, credentials to do this job for part, part of the year. We totally get it, but thank you so much for your time. And yes, we want you to work with us. So, um, but it was also like, hey, you know, it's no one's responsibility to make sure that you have all of your things in order. And it was time to get all of my things in order. Um, So it was really like a kick in the butt for me. It was like a, a wake up moment. So I was first pissed and then I was scared because, you know, you have no income, Um, you know, you don't want to fall into the state again, where you have to either go back on welfare or you have to do, you know, things of that nature. Like if you have to, you have to, but I had kind of gotten to a point where I didn't have to for years. So now I'm just like, and again, I wasn't making enough to, I wasn't kind of making enough to have like a solid, um, savings plan. Right. And it just kind of hit me from left because I'm thinking, sure. I'm definitely going to have a job in September. And so now, so now, now I'm scared. Earlier, you mentioned that you had a second child and that played a part in everything that was going on during your aha defining moment. Do you care to tell our audience about how having your second child played into everything you had going on? Oh, absolutely. So, um, if you, so how this is all kind of connected, right, is that I had a, I was a teenage mother. So I had my first child when I was 16 years old. Um, So then comes all the obstacles that come with having a child when you're a child yourself, right? Yes, I was there too. So yeah, I can definitely relate. You know exactly what I'm talking about, which is why I wanted to be on this podcast because I feel like um, not only you understand, but your audience will understand, right? My perspective. Um, So, but that had such a, and it's not to say like a negative, um, vibe around it, but it was definitely not the most traditional. So 20 years later, kind of, or more like, I think she was 18 when I had my daughter. So 20 years later or 18 years later, I'm like, Hey, you know, I've been with my partner for some time. And I think it's, I think it's time to like start a traditional right? Family. Right. So I decided to have my second child, which is now two years old. But I also found myself, which is really kind of funny that I found myself in kind of the similar situation where now I was sitting at home jobless with a two-year-old 
you know, just like I was when I was 16 years old. And right. I'm like, you know, like you just don't learn a lesson or, you know, this is like some trick or some ha ha from God. Like, Hey, you thought you had it together, girl. You were like, I'm going to have a baby and it's all going to be different now. And right. you know, this is all planned out. And then God was like, you know, matter how many plans you make, exactly. <laughs> this is kind of the life that I've given you. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, so my my thought process was the first time when I had my first child, it was work, 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 and then it was get an education. That was like my priority. Right. This time around, it was, okay, so you may not be work, work, working like you were going to because I did want to have that at-home time with my child, but I needed to, if I was going to work, I needed to make sure that I was for the finally build something for not only my oldest child, which I feel I owe it to, but my youngest child, right? I want to build a legacy. Like I want to build something that if for whatever reason, I'm not here within the next 10, 15 years, that they're good. Right. Um, so that's kind of how I looked at it. Like this is, you can't see yourself in the same position again and not find it as a a teaching moment like you had your teaching moment now it's time to take that you know what that's like you know you've been through hell and you managed to get through it so if you can do it then at 16 like can you imagine what you could do at your age now you know right so that's kind of how i looked at it i was like that's it it's, it's, it's gonna be done there's no doubt in my mind that this is gonna work for me and that's great because I, like you just said, when you go through those things time and time again, I believe that that's where we learn like our greatest lessons, like mm -hmm. experience is like our greatest teacher. And it's just when you don't pick up those lessons, then you can right. experience the same thing. So, I mean, it's great when you can sit back and recognize, okay, it may have been 18 years ago, but I recognized mm -hmm. this situation before. So what can I do in this moment so that I have the power right. over it and I can learn from this and building a legacy is definitely very important. I mean, right. this day and age that we live in, I just see like more women, more mothers that are just stepping up. And it's like, that's inspired this podcast where we're just more than mothers. We're more than the roles that people try to define yes. us by. And we can mm -hmm. build our own legacy and leave a legacy for our kids while being great parents at the same time. So yes, I definitely believe in building a legacy. Yes. And my thing was also like, I didn't want to be a statistic. That was like a big thing for me when I was 16. It was, you know, my driving force back then was I'm 16 years old. You know, I have a baby. So everyone expects, okay, she's going to be a welfare mom. She's going to take care of the system, you know, and they said she's going to take like advantage of the system. And while I did utilize the system, I also used the system to get further in life. You know, I got a degree, you know, while I was on the system, right. you know, I was able to give back to society. Um, so, and I worked at the same time, you know, like I was doing all three and I was being a mom, you know, right. was I the best mom? I'm not sure, but I was doing what I could. Right. Um, so I just didn't want to fall into a statistic and I don't want to do it now, you know, because now I'm a millennial, let's just say, or I'm in that strange zone. I was born, yeah. maybe I shouldn't give, you know what I mean? Like, it's I not. Know. We're in that zone where we don't identify as millennials because every time it comes up, I'm like, I'm not a millennial. So I'm in that in-between period. I'm not a millennial. At all. And that's what I said. There's no way you can tell me that. 
someone born in the 80s is the same as someone born in mid 90s no i'm not a millennial so i can definitely relate exactly. to that exactly and the whole statistic yes. thing i mean that was i even wrote a book my book was mm. is rising above statistics because that was my thing when i was 18 and had my son right when i graduated mm -hmm. High school, it was like, okay, people automatically, back then it was that negative mm -hmm. connotation around it to where, like you said, system, welfare, you're not going to mm -hmm. do you can't accomplish X, Y, and Z. And like mm -hmm. you, I walked that path of being, yeah, I relied on the system while I had to, but then right. in the system, you realize that the system is meant to keep you bound. Oh, yes. And it's yes. just such a cycle. <clears throat> and it's just a shame that so many people fall into that cycle because they may not have the support. They may not have that circle to where they can elevate and do differently. But that's one thing I did notice is that that system is there to keep you bound. So, I mean, just the fact that yes. both of us sitting here talking, walk mm -hmm. those similar paths of working, going to school, taking care of kids. And like you said, at right. 16 and 18, we may not have been the best parents, but look at us right. now. And I mean, it's but, just... Exactly. And I mean, if when I, I think when our children look back on this <clears throat> and see what we created with what little we had, uh, you know, they'll be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll be proud, you know? Um, I mean, I'm hoping that... My daughter tells me now, like, I'm proud of you, mom. Like, yeah, this is good. You're doing good. Uh, and I'm, and then that's important to me because I'm really just doing it for her. Right. I'm doing it for them, you know. I so agree. yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> so we talked earlier about you being a plus size beauty enthusiast. Would you like to tell us more about that and what you are doing with that? Yes. Okay. So, so at first I said maybe I'll just be an influencer, <clears throat> right? The influ when I first thought of this, the word influencer hadn't come to fruition yet. Okay. This was maybe like 10 years ago. And I was, I've always been the biggest girl in the group of my friends, always. It didn't matter, like, if, even if I had like other plus friends, I was still the biggest of the group. So, but um, I didn't dress conventional plus size way. You know, okay. and back in the days, it was everything had like an elastic waist. Yes. <clears throat> you know, the crease, like pants had a crease down the middle for no reason. Um, you know, the shirts, it, it was just everything that was plus size was for a more mature woman. I'll just right. put it that way. Right. So um, I would find different ways to dress. Um, and that meant that I was going into like a straight size store and finding the thing with the most lycra in it <laughs> and, like, right. and like making an outfit out of it or finding like an oversized something and making an outfit out of it. So I was always like, even though I was the plus size girl in the group, I was always the one that I felt like was the most fashionable, right? Okay. Or I guess people didn't expect me to be as fashionable because I was plus size. But for me, like that wasn't a barrier. I loved fashion and I, I wanted you know, to do something with that. So 10 years ago, I thought, you know, I should take pictures and like put them online. But then that kind of like faded and I just continued to go to a different path, which is what the audience might not know is I'm also a singer. So um, yeah, I'm a classically trained singer. So I decided to go down, down that path. You are very yeah. talented. I'm loving all this. <laughs> I try not to tell no one because, you know, they'll be like, oh, you know, sing for me. And I'm like, no, no, I won't make you sing today. I won't make yeah, you thank sing. you. 
So um, I decided to kind of go down that path. And I guess I didn't at the moment when my mindset didn't really see how I could do everything. So I didn't quite fall into place. But then 10 years later, um, I was like, that I started to see like all the influencers and like things really started to kick up, especially in the plus size community. So we had people like Garner Style and Cece Olissa and, um, you know, like these now major plus size influencers that were really like gaining momentum in the social media world. So I said, you know, this is something that I've been wanting to do and I'm kind of tired of um, being so afraid. I was tired of kind of like denying myself things that I wanted to do because I was too afraid that they were going to fail. So I just took the leap. Um, my partner, my current partner, uh, bought me like a camera for my birthday, um, like three years ago. And I started filming beauty tutorials because I am, I, I also love makeup. Um, and I'm like, I can totally do this. I can be the next Nikki tutorials. Like I can do this. I know I can do this. Right. So, um, yeah, so I sat down and I started filming videos and then literally like three months into starting to film, I got pregnant with my second child <laughs> and I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I just all of a sudden didn't have like the gumption or the, the want or need to do anything anymore. And it was because probably I was like super moody and hormonal. Right. Um, and so I, then I dropped it the whole time that I was pregnant because now I had like a totally different focus. I'm like, you know, I can't just do this hobby now. Like I really do need to work, 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 work. So I was like working two jobs and I was pregnant. Um, and then after I gave birth, I said, no, like I really do need to make something of this. And I think you have a real chance to make something of this. Right. So um, I decided to pick it back up again after she was born in 2017. It's amazing how life happens and those unexpected surprises mm -hmm. can just take us on adventures. But then at the end of the day, we just can't get away from that calling. And that's one thing, like no matter how right. much we run from it, no matter how many different paths we try to take, as you said before, when God has something for your life, it's like we can't get away from it. So you started 10 years ago okay. and your path went all around, up and down. You tried to do what you wanted to do, but mm -hmm. in the back, it was still that calling of this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I have to do. And I just think it's so important when we finally get mm -hmm. to that point that we can tune in and listen and then have, as you said, take the leap. And I think that's such a powerful word because so many people don't take that leap, even if it's not like the major leap to where right. you're quitting a nine to five and going all in or however the situation works out, just taking some step, taking some leap towards your dream. Right. Because if you take baby steps day by day, then eventually you'll get to right. a point where you want to be and you can look back a year from now and say, hey, remember when I wanted to be where I am today? So. I think exactly. that is so important. So mm -hmm. what has been the most... Well, I think... Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, like, I think in our society also, and, like, maybe the generation that we come from, dreams are, like, something that you just have when you sleep. You know, it's not necessarily something that you um, try to actually make come to fruition. Right. Uh, so, but now it's... And then this is when I say, like, I'm more like a millennial than I am whatever other generation that is before millennials is X. that generation X, right? I so so yeah. I, I want to say like I'm generation X, but in, in, in the frame of mind of you can make anything happen, 
I feel like we're I'm more like a millennial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like back then dreams were like, no, like we don't have time for dreams. We need to work. We need to get a job that has benefits, you know, a 401 that has, right. you know, all the accoutrements that come with a, a good paying job. You work for the city or the state, like, right. That's what you were supposed to have. Work um, there for however many years and retire with a good pension and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and now I'm just like, and I think there was another point where I was like, well, that kind of didn't work for me. So, like, if that didn't work for me, then I might as well just go for the alternative, which is right. just go for whatever it is that you think your dream is going to be. And I was ultimately, like you said, I was kind of backed into a point where I had to do what I said I wanted to do a long time ago. Right. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. so what has been the most rewarding part of your journey so far? In terms of uh, motherhood or in terms of... Um, my business whichever one whichever okay whichever one <laughs> so, it all so it all wrapped all all wrapped up in one what's the most rewarding part of life at this point it okay so i think the most i was just talking to my friend about this yesterday um we were i was telling her like when i was at work and while i do there were those like great moments working with children where you see that they get the you know, they, you connected with the child, right? Or they get, they got the literature, they got the math problem, they got the science problem. So, you know, there's, there are those very bright moments. There were also very dark moments working with the kids, you know, um, very disrespectful. <laughs> the disrespect was crazy. And uh, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So I would come home and be like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this anymore. This is ridiculous. And you know, like no one has your back. The system doesn't have your back, like the administration. Um, so so I, I kept like saying to God, like, I need something different. Mm -hmm. I need something different. And I think that eventually God was like, okay, you said you didn't want to work that job anymore. Fine. We just will make it so that you can't work the job because I'm going to, I was going to work the job no matter what, mm -hmm. even if it made me miserable because it was money in my pocket, you right. know? So I was like, okay. So God was like, I will right, we'll just take the job from you. I said this time around, um, I wanted to, it to be very different in terms of, uh, raising my child. When I was 16, I had to go straight to work. I worked for Burger King three months into my daughter being born, you know? So, and for the most part, what she remembers of me is that I was out of the house and there was a moment where she thought like, I just didn't care about her. Wow. And I'm like, no, it's not that I didn't care. I was working and I was working three jobs at one point. Plus I was getting an education, like, you know? Um, so this time around, I said, I don't, I don't want it to be that way. So I had, I had said in an ideal situation, I would be able to stay home with my daughter until she's three years old when she goes into school. And long and behold, I'm doing this. You know, I'm able to build a business, be home, and still, like, I'm currently at the library again. This is, like, my home where I can take her to go play and still work on my business. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like that in itself is, like, the most rewarding part that I can do both. I can work on something that is because I'm not going to say may that is going to leave a legacy for my children and 
I can still be a mom and do those things that moms do, you know, right. stay at home moms do. So you mentioned just going back briefly to where you were when you had your young, your older daughter, you mm -hmm. were working, putting all that time in. And so now you're at a point where you've built that kind of independence to where you can be home with your younger child. So mm -hmm. does mom guilt come into play any way for you when you think about how you had to deal with raising your uh, oldest daughter to your youngest child? And does that impact you in any way? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I have mom guilt like every single day. I have mom guilt when I see both of my girls together, right? Um, because my oldest daughter is seeing me spend time with my youngest daughter, but she might be triggered by that. Like, oh, well, well, she wasn't there for me when I needed her to be there. And that caused major problems in our, in our relationship. And we're now just starting to rebuild that relationship. And it's really like a stop and go for us. Okay. So I feel guilt there. I feel guilt when um you know like i need to stop and need to focus even if it's 30 minutes or, or an hour on my work i feel guilt because i want to focus on my work right i sometimes i miss just going all in just like losing myself for hours on end or days at a time mm -hmm. on a specific task because that's you know that because that's what i want to do and i had that freedom at some point um, and now I don't. So I feel guilty for wanting to not be there with my child, you know? Right. Um, and then I feel guilty for taking time from her when I have to say things like, mommy can't play right now. I'm not going to sing that baby shark song one more time today because <laughs> I want to do, you know, I want to look at my email. I want to look at that Facebook group that is, you know, laced with information. So yeah, I experience guilt every single day. Right. And I think that's something that we all will deal with and we moms will continue to deal with no matter how old our kids get, even when they're grown on their own, however it is, I think it's still something that on some level will impact right. us. But right. I just also feel that there was such power in your story and power in the actions that you take to where even though you're feeling this guilt, you're taking advantage of the moments that you do have right now to rebuild your relationship with your oldest child to pour into your youngest child and just to make this all work together the best yes. way that you know how. Cause I mean, I'm Thank just, you. I've always said to me, there's no such thing as balance. It's just finding a way to make everything work in harmony and get everything right. just going along at a nice path. So, I mean, I just think it's important that to recognize that even as we both can talk that mom guilt is going to always exist, but it's not anything that should stop you from pursuing your dreams or going after what you sh want to go after because at the end of the day you are a person you are a woman and you were that before you ever became someone's mother partner right that's, that's, right that's exactly i i feel like um that that's that's literally what happens like you forget that you're a person before you you're a human being like so you're a person individual person before you were a mom you know your only responsibility when you're two years old is to yourself before you had your child, it was to yourself. And especially as a teenage mom, I feel like sometimes I didn't really have that opportunity to just fully have me time, right. you know, because since 16, I've technically been raising a child, whether I was, again, the best mom in the whole wide world, my time was split between me and everything that I wanted to do for myself and another human being, right? right. So 
yeah, you kind of lose the idea that you can pursue anything just for pure pleasure, just because of yourself. Right. And it doesn't help with the messages that are out there from society and from everyone else and the judgment that comes, whether you work, whether you stay at home, it's just always some type of judgment. And it's like all moms at the end of the day, whatever you're doing is a working mom. Even if if you're home, Mm -hmm. you're working. If you're in the career field, you're working. So, I mean, I just think, and I like having these conversations because we're switching up the narrative. We're bringing moms to the front, like, hey, we are people too. And we mm-hmm. can do this motherhood thing and do anything that we want to do. So Exactly. So as much as I would love to talk to you forever, I don't want to keep you on oh. long. <laughs> <laughs> if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what do you think you would tell her? Oh, man. So, like, I'm trying to think of what I was doing at 18. And I think I was still just, like, just trying to figure it out. I can't even, I couldn't even tell you, like, what I what countless job I was working at the time. You you know how that is. Yeah. Like you're like you go from one job to the other just trying to get to the job that will get you that benefits, right? Right. Um but I would say you know, I think I'm at the point where I don't regret anything that happened. Okay. So I would say just like just keep going. Like um don't I would tell her not to invest so much time on the foolery, especially with the men. <laughs> Good one. Yes. Don't invest your time with the foolery with the men. Um definitely continue to do the things that you were doing, uh like school, education, working, um, surround yourself around positive people for sure. Um, and that at the end of the day you're going to be fine. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be more than fine. You're going to be like amazing. That's wonderful. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give to a mom that may be listening right now and is struggling mm-hmm. to find a way to pursue her dreams while taking care of her family and other duties? Oh man. Like that was a tough one too, because I, you know, I'm still trying to find the balance myself. Right. right. <laughs> like I'm still just yesterday. I was like, well, what app? can I use, I'm planting the trees now. I don't know if you know about that forest app where you plant a tree and then you become, the more uh, productive you are, your tree grows, right? I didn't know about that one. It's really good. It's a really good app. Um, So, you know, I'm still trying to figure it out, um, but just know that any, I guess my advice would be anything that you choose to do is, isn't, bad isn't wrong isn't like oh i shouldn't have done that or why can't i do it better like just congratulate yourself for doing for taking any step whatsoever any step if that means that you dedicated one minute to yourself today then that's a that's good if you dedicate zero minutes to yourself and all minutes to your children then that's fine too like just don't be so hard on yourself um you know, we're mothers and yes, we have families to take care of and we have business that we need to take care of. But, you know, we have to just be kind, just just kinder to ourselves because it's just amazing that, that what we can do, we, you brought life into this world. Like, girl, right. that's enough. Exactly. That's enough. Like, that's literally enough. I, I like that with being kinder to ourselves and taking mm-hmm. care of ourselves and just being nice to ourselves. 
Yeah. I just thank you, Martika, for joining us today on the More Than a Mother podcast. And thank I you. hope that we will have a chance to chat again in the future. Absolutely. I'll come on here anytime, anytime and share my hot mess. <laughs> Would you like to share with our audience where they can reach you? Oh, absolutely. So my handle for all social media platforms is M-U-V-M-A-R-T-E-E-K-A-H, Muv Martika. And that's on every single platform. And we will be sure to link to that in the show notes. So thank it was you. just lovely talking to you and thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.